Well, good morning, Word of Grace. How's everybody doing today? Good, me too. Uh, today, I get to share uh, value number four with you. Uh, before I get into that, I'm going to go over the ones that we've already been over so far. So real quick, let's just look at them together. Number one, we keep Jesus at the center because Christ alone is the hope of the world. Number two, we're willing to give up what we believe for truth because Scripture defines truth, not our ideas. And number three, last week, we prioritize prayer because we believe when we pray, we deepen our dependence on God. So, that's the first three. Today, number four, we do life together because we're better together. And I really, truly believe that, and so I'm excited that I'm the one that gets to talk about this today. Before we get started, I'm going to pray real quick, and then we'll get into it. So, God, thank you for today, and thank you um, for these things that you've shown us that you value and that uh, you made it so evident in your word so that we were able to look at that and understand what we need to be about uh, today, God, I pray that you would challenge each of us to be about what you're about and, uh, and that we can do that together as one body. I uh, pray for your, your blessing over all the words spoken and that you would be heard, not me, God, and that it would change our hearts and change our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. 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 Well, the first time in all of uh, written history, anything that we have record of, the first time we see God using any kind of negative language is in Genesis. And uh, the very first negative thing he says is that Adam shouldn't eat the fruit of the tree. You guys are familiar with this, yes? It's the very first thing he says, hey, don't do this. This is not good. So it's the first instance we have of God using negative language, and he's talking about sin. He introduces the, the concept of sin. This is the one thing that I'm telling you you shouldn't do. Quite literally, the very next line in the Bible is, it's also a negative thing for man to be alone. Literally, the very next thing he says after there's sin that you shouldn't do is, it's not good for man to be alone. And I don't think that's a mistake. I think he put that there on purpose. Hey, here's what sin is. By the way, you shouldn't be alone. Those things almost go together, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go. Um, but before I get too far into this today, I got I to gotta kind of snipe at some of you who are going to be looking at the singles in the crowd. It doesn't say it's not okay to be single. So all you matchmakers, chill out today, okay? Bible says it's not good to be alone. It is okay to be single. There's nothing broken with you if you're single. Uh, we love our single people just like we love our married people. Um, however, being in community is something that's mandated by God throughout the Bible. Um, I know that Pastor Derek's been saying this, but I just want to say it again. The core values we have at Word of Grace aren't something that we came up with that sound good, uh, that make us feel good about who we are as a church, uh, they do make us feel good about who we are as a church, but that's not what they're there for. They're, they're things that God clearly shows He values throughout the Bible, and we, we find them pretty obvious in Scripture. And so I want to note that this is not some concept that we, we like, oh, we really like small groups, and we really like people hanging out together because that's fun. This is God's idea, not our idea, okay? 
And so today I'm going to skip straight from Genesis, and we're going to be talking mainly in the New Testament today, but I want, I want you to understand I'm skipping over the Old Testament. That's not because the Old Testament doesn't show this. Um, if you're familiar with the Old Testament, what you would know is that God's people were put into tribes and, and these family groups that were very tight, very tight, and uh, social gatherings and caring for one another wasn't something that was like even optional. Like you got in trouble if you didn't take care of each other. It was a big deal. So this is all throughout the Old Testament. However, um, culture's changed a little bit, right? Uh, most of us aren't part of one of the 12 tribes. Uh, I'm not. Um, so I don't have that, that support group. I don't have that community. And, and most of you probably don't either. Our life looks a little different which is why I want to speak from the New Testament today, because in the New Testament, uh, you see that God didn't say, okay, well, now we're introducing the Gentiles, and it's not just a Jewish religion anymore, so no more family stuff, no more community stuff. Quite the opposite, he kept right along with it and said it's as important as ever. So if you open today to Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians, um, you're going to see an idea that uh, Paul writes about often, and um, it's 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27 is where we're going to be. It's on version if you're interested. Um, this concept that Paul is talking about is something that he repeats through several of his books. It's not just a one-time shot. He says it in Ephesians. He says it in Corinthians. He says it in several other books where he uses this language of all of us as believers being part of either a family or a body. That's the two, two words that he uses quite commonly. Uh, we're a family or a body. You're adopted into the family of God, or we are the body of Christ, right? So I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27, and we'll go from there. Here we go. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. Today you guys get to be the Greeks. Congratulations. Um, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, 
that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. I want you to really pay attention to this next one. This is verse 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Pretty cool stuff that he's talking about there. And he makes it very, very evident this is not something that is a choice. Um, How many of you, your hand has ever said, I'm out, peace out. I'm not going to be part of this. Uh, Hopefully that hasn't happened to you. Um, it's not the way the body works. It just doesn't, it doesn't matter. It, it, even if my foot said I'm, I'm not part of Pete, it still has to be part of Pete, unfortunately for my foot. Um, likewise, maybe some of you uh, have ever said uh, or had a child say to you, I'm not part of this family anymore when they're angry. That doesn't make them any less a part of the family, does it? Uh, my, my brother lives in Carolina. My sister lives in Idaho. We're nowhere near each other. They're still part of our family. There's no getting out of it, unfortunately, for them. Right? You're stuck in it. It's part of the way it's designed. Uh, there's no getting away from it. Um, but I, I want to kind of just take a second to understand this is Paul telling the church what it should be. This is not a historical account. He's not saying, I came into a church and they did this for each other. He's saying, this is what you're challenged to. So I want you guys to understand, this is not something that we look at and go, good for them, they did a good job, and we walk away. This is Paul's challenge to the church, which means it's God's challenge to the church, okay? It's what we should believe. Um, it talks about each of us as a part of the body, and, and truthfully, there's parts of the body that some of us might not like, right? In our church, it's Jared Hubbard. Uh, No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm saying that because he's a good friend of mine. Um, I can pick on him. What what I'm trying to point out here, though, is that it doesn't matter if there's parts that you don't like. It's still your body, right? I I know for a fact I've looked in the mirror before and gone, ooh, I'm not crazy about that. It's still part of who I am, and I need it. I need it all. Maybe a little less, but... But it's all part of who I am, and it's, it's integral to me. I need it all to function, and we're the same way. I can't function properly as a Christian without being part of the body. It won't work. It just won't work. Just like that hand can't say, you know what, I don't want to be part of this and have it work out. Well, it's not going to work out. It needs the blood circulating, right? It needs the arm to get it where it needs to go. It needs the feet to walk it over there, right? You guys understand this. It's not optional. The only way it's going to work for each member of the body is if they're part of the body, okay? So that's the challenge from the Bible. If you're sold on the idea of being a loner, the Bible's not really okay with that. Uh, Even if you think you're the part of the body that no one likes, we still need you, okay? You're still critical. You need to be part of this. The Bible does not allow for the lone gunman, okay? It's not out there. You're part of a team, right? Now, let's look at Acts, okay? Because Acts happens after this, uh, or not after this. Acts is a more of a historical account of this, I guess I should say, 
All right? Um, so in Acts, this is a recording of the early church, and it kind of shows you how they answered this challenge. So in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47... I'm going to show you how they did it compared to what the challenge was, all right? So here we go. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. He's talking about this early group of believers. To the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed together and had all things in common. I'm sorry, all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing their proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Hallelujah. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. All right. So that's the people who actually did it. Let's take a look at some of the things they did and see how what they did might be something we can emulate. Obviously, we don't live in ancient times, so it might look a little different for us, but let's see what the things are we can pull out of there that are things that maybe we can emulate as a church that show that we value, number four, we do better together, we do life together because we're better together, okay? So number one, the first thing that you see the church back in Acts doing is they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. No big deal there, right? I think we can all agree that's still important. As a group, we're devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the Bible, right, to the gospel. I know that you're devoted to that because you're here on your Sunday morning listening to me, listening to Pastor Derek. You're devoted to it. I also know that a lot of you are trying to read through the Bible together as a group right now, trying to really understand what it means. If you don't know that we're doing that right now, you should join in. It's something we're doing as a church, reading the Bible together. It's wonderful. We're devoted to the Bible here. That's not even a question. So this one works out with who we are already. Look at that. We're just like the Church of Acts there. Okay? Um, one of the next things that they did, they prayed with and for each other. They prayed with and for each other. Now, last week we talked about prayer, um, and, and I'm hoping that some of you were challenged to, to have a, a, a bigger prayer life than that, because that's part of who you need to be as a Christian, let alone who we are as a church. Um, but one thing that this means, that they prayed for and with each other, was that they didn't just come and, and like sit in, in a chair and leave. That's not being together, right? That's being in the same place. There's a difference between being in the same place and being together. You guys understand what I'm saying? Uh, if the church was like uh, a Frankenstein, just a bunch of parts thrown together, and it wasn't even sewed together, it was just a collection of parts laying on a table, that would not be a functioning body, right? It needs a mad scientist and some stitches and some lightning, right? We don't have any of that, but what we do have is we can be together and pray for each other. We can't just be in the same place. Praying for each other means you have to be vulnerable with each other, right? If I tell you, uh, you know what, just pray for me, unspoken request. We're not really on the same wavelength. But if I, if I go to somebody and I say, hey, you know what's going on in my life right now is I'm really struggling at work. 
there's this guy that I'm not getting along with and I don't, it's work button heads, or oh man, this thing's going on at home, or this thing's going on in my marriage, or whatever it is, now you're actually having to start sharing with each other and be vulnerable. But by doing that, what you're saying is, here's my weakness. Can you help me in my weakness? And that's what the family's there for. That's what the body's there for, right? If my hand starts acting like it needs something, I'm going to take care of my hand. It's part of who I am. Vice versa, if there's something great going on in my life, I get to share it with other people, and they get to celebrate with me, according to the Bible. And that's a wonderful prayer to be able to, to do as well, right? Have you guys ever had something really amazing happen that was kind of particular to your hobby, and other people didn't get it, and it kind of stole your joy? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, maybe if you're a golfer and you're like, I finally broke 80, and everybody's like, good good for you. You're like, no, this is a big deal. It finally happened, right? Uh, I'm into shooting sports, and like no one else is into shooting sports, so I'll be like, oh man, I got a point one one split, and people are like, cool. <laughs> it's like, there goes all my excitement. It's gone, right? But if somebody gets it and they're in your corner with you and they celebrate with you, what a great moment that is, right? I'm going to tell you guys a little bit more about a great moment I had recently in just a minute. And it's like, oh, yeah. All right? So they prayed with and for each other. I think that's something we can get into. Next one. uh, They sold their own stuff and gave to each other when one another was in need. Okay, keep your gun holstered. All right? Don't worry, I'm not making you sell everything you own today. That's not what I'm saying. Let's talk about this one, though, okay? Americans tend to get a little bit jumpy when we talk about this because it it sounds like communism or whatever. That's not what we're talking about here. This is a historical account of what they did based off of what made sense in their time, okay? I'm not asking you to sell all your stuff and give to the church. Matter of fact, it doesn't even talk about giving to a building church organization talks about them giving to each other. And it talks about them giving to each other where each other has need, right? Now, there's not a ton of need. One of the wonderful things about living where we live is most of us, for the most part, are taken care of, for the most part. But there are needs that pop up. There are needs that pop up. And when they come up, When you love somebody, you give generously because you care for them, right? If somebody in your family was having a hard time, it wouldn't be too much of a stretch to say, well, yeah, we're going to kind of help them out a little bit, right? Well, this is your family. And if you see others in need, it makes sense to, to generously, out of your own heart, give to that need. And I think that that's something that it's okay to challenge each other too. I've been blessed more than I can even talk about right now from people that I didn't even really know that well just because we were in the same family, the family of Christ. And they just reached out and blessed me just because they felt like I had a need and they wanted to bless me. I can't tell you what that did for my heart. Because in those times where you're the person needing the blessing, it's probably when your faith is kind of shaky. And when the family reaches out and says, no, you're part of this family, we love you. We're going to give you what you need. We're going to take care of you because you're one of us. 
there's something in your heart where it's like it does that Grinch thing where it grows three sizes in one day, and it gives you the strength to keep on keeping on. It's an important part of who we are, this generosity that they had. So I'm challenging you to that. Lastly, I'm going to note that the, uh, one of the things they did that I feel like we can pretty much copy this is they broke bread at each other's houses. Uh, for those of you who are like, well, why did they break bread? Were they like ninjas trying to just see if they could chop through the breadsticks? Uh, breaking bread means they were just chilling together. They were having fun. They, they would go over to each other's house and watch the Super Bowl, Right? This is stuff that we can do. I, I absolutely love my time when I get to hang out with people in the church and I get to play board games with the Ringles or I get to go wrestle with the Hubbard kids or I get to any of these things. It, it binds me to them. It makes me want to be part of their family because we are part of the same family. We get to spend time together just having fun. I know that sounds weird, but we don't always have to be super religious, folks. We can actually just have fun together, right? How many people in here like watching the Packers? Well, did like watching the Packers. <laughs> so close. You can do that together. You know, how many in here enjoy eating? Hmm? Yeah, me too. <laughs> we can do that together, right? Let's, let's enjoy each other. We're given the gift of each other. Let's not do it by ourselves. I know uh, I used to, when I was single, I would uh, I'd go to the movie theater by myself like at Tuesday night, like at 11 o'clock when I was like a young guy living by myself because I was like, then I have the theater to myself. And after like six or seven times doing that, I was like, this is pathetic. <laughs> There's a reason no one else is here at this time. <laughs> They're sleeping, which is smart. Cherish it while you have it. Uh, and then uh, they're doing life together. I'm the only goofball who's here in the movie theater by myself watching a movie that I don't even like that much because I have nothing better to do. This is not a good way to spend my life. And it started making me feel like something's wrong. This, is, this, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. We shouldn't be alone, okay? We should be Spending our time, even having fun, spend that time together. It's good for you. It does something for your heart. God made it that way. Notice Adam and Eve, they didn't have a lot of uh, prayer concerns right off the bat, right? And yet God even said, still, it's not good for you to be alone. Be together. Be in this garden where everything's perfect. You don't even need each other for anything other than try to keep each other from sinning. Fail. And just enjoy, right? Just enjoy each other. God made us for that. So do it. Be part of the family. Be part of the body. Um, so now you understand, okay, this is what the Bible challenges to and how it looked for the old church. And, and maybe you're still saying, okay, I get all that, but what's, what's the reasoning here? Why did God care about it? I'm going to give you three reasons, and then I'm going to move forward. Um, number one, number one, being in the trenches with someone during their tough season strengthens them and helps them to have faith in God. And I need them doing that for me, too. I need them in my tough season, and I need to be there for them in their tough season. It strengthens both parties. I can speak from experience on this. It strengthens both parties. In your tough season, you're going to need people. And in their tough season, they need you. That's not something that should be done alone. Number two, 
celebrating blessings with others gives God the glory and lifts everyone's spirit. Just like I was saying, when there's something to celebrate and somebody else gets it, if they get it, even though it didn't happen to them, for some reason it makes them happy too. Have you ever noticed that? Like, oh man, that great thing just happened for them. I'm so excited. And more importantly, when we're Christians and we say this great thing happened, God gets the glory because they've probably been praying for you for it. And now they're excited that God moved on your behalf and God gets glorified in this. If something good happens to me and I don't tell you guys, all you're going to hear is my belly aching. And you're going to think, wow, being a Christian really kind of stinky. Not, it doesn't sound very fun. Uh, it sounds like there's always bad stuff happening. You always have needs. This doesn't sound like a good deal. What about the good stuff, though, right? How many of you in your family, there's sometimes things that aren't great? Just me, okay. Don't, don't say, if you raise your hands, they might see it online, so careful. Um, yeah, we all know that sometimes in families there's arguments, there might be awkwardness, there might be some things going on, but there's also some really wonderful things that go on within family. My family, one of my favorite things is our Christmas time together. We just, it's a time I cherish together. Or at birthday parties when we all used to live in the same place, we had this horrific tradition of singing happy birthday as awfully as we can, and we're not a musical family, so we can get it pretty awful. And everybody's off key. And it just made us laugh till we cried. Wonderful, wonderful memories that bound us together because we were sharing these celebrations. Or my sister's wedding. Or my brother's first child. Or these wonderful things that have happened. These milestones that bound us together. Because we celebrated those together. And God got glory out of it. Number three. Uh, number three reason is when we try and do life alone, it keeps us from helping it keeps us from being helped, and even worse, it teaches us that we're our own provider. When you try to do life on your own, you're not giving of your gifts at all. You're not getting anybody else's blessing that they have to give, and your problems become magnified, and these huge insurmountable things that you have to depend solely on yourself to solve. It's not good. I remember I was in a bad, bad, bad financial spot because I had been very uh, irresponsible in my, my young years with my money. And I went to a Crown Financial class, which was a, a God-based, Bible-based uh, class on how to be responsible with your money, how to honor God through your money. And I went to this class, and I was, like, freaking out to tell people my situation because I thought, I'm just... I am up a creek, it's bad, people are going to shake their finger at me, and I said, here's where I am, and I'm in this much debt, and I've just blown it. And they all kind of looked at me, and they're like, oh, okay, well, I have 10 times that amount of debt, and mine's all credit card debt, so I can't even make the minimum payment, and it's getting more and more. I go, oh, oh, my problem's not as big as I thought it was, whoops, you know? Or maybe, like, oh, this thing's going on at work, and then this other guy talks to you, oh, yeah, I've been unemployed for a year. I can't find a job. Oh, my problem's not as big as I thought. And on top of that, these other people can help you with it, and it's not as big of a deal as you thought. Um, the idea of 
Trying to do it on your own makes everything big and nasty and ugly and doesn't give any glory to God, but doing it with others does. And I wanted to give you this illustration today. Um, the Bible talks about how uh, not just we're part of a body, but we're part of a family, that God has adopted us into his family. And with that comes all the benefits. And so today, um, I couldn't come up with a better illustration than Cora. I want to introduce you to Cora. She's waving. <laughs> Say hi, Cora. Say hi, baby girl. Oh, yeah, those lights are bright, aren't they? Oh, big stretch. This is Cora Bell Faith Cocos. And she's as precious as they get. Oh, yes. Um, three weeks ago, um, I was here over in the kids' room with Isaac, and we were working, and I got a phone call that said, there's this little baby in Kansas City that needs parents. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting lost in the cuteness. You guys are supposed to be getting lost in the cuteness. And uh, we've been waiting on her for a long time. Um, we've been waiting to have kids for over five and a half years. And uh, got the phone call. And this little girl was at the hospital by herself. Her mother, uh, her birth mother had been discharged. And Jamie and I couldn't get to Kansas City quick enough. Um, unfortunately, it's a nine and a half hour drive. So she spent some time at the hospital by herself. And the nursing staff, God bless them, they understood that it's not good for her to be alone. Waking up. And they said, we're going to watch her and they're going to take care of her. And they did for a while. But when we got there, they put her in our arms, and she was adopted into our family. And it was a beautiful thing because her story kind of sounded sad before that. Yeah, didn't it? <laughs> she had nobody to care for her. She had nobody who she belonged to. And her problems that she's born with, can't feed herself, can't take care of herself, insurmountable, huge problems for her by herself. But she was adopted into our family. Those are little problems for us, other than the fact that she won't let us sleep. <laughs> the rest are really little problems. Feeding her, it's fun for me. I love getting to take care of her on that. It's a blessing for me to give that to her. It's a blessing for me to get to hold her and take care of her. She needs it. I can't wait to give it. She's been adopted in my family. She gets all the benefits that come with that. And more than that, she was adopted into this family. And what she didn't know, what she could have never known, was that there were hundreds of people who had been praying for her long before she was ever born. And there were people who couldn't wait to spoil her to the point that we were out of town. We were trapped in the state of Missouri because you're not allowed to leave with an adopted child for a while. And we had to have people clear off our porch from all the gifts while we were out of town because people couldn't even wait to see her to give her stuff because they already loved her that much. She was a part of something bigger and didn't even know it. She was adopted in. She gets all the benefits that come with it just for being part of the family. Right? Say, say right, everybody. She's smiling. <laughs> Thanks, bye. Bye. I got to go backstage again. Bye. Thanks, Cora.
just want you to think about what that story looks like without the family of God, without being part of the body. It's not just that she might be alone right now and not being cared for. It's that Jamie and I probably would have given up two, three years ago on this whole journey because it's been exhausting and painful and hard. And yet people kept lifting us up. People kept giving their time, their energy, their prayer to us when we were in desperate need. We wouldn't have been able to make it through without that. Being part of being together made that happen. And not only that, God wouldn't have gotten any glory. Had she just stayed at the hospital and then the government would have had to come in and take over and all that kind of stuff, that's not really a story that glorifies God. But instead, we got to say, look at what God has done. Those years of prayer, God has answered. And he got glorified like you can't believe. Jamie and I, we, we drove from Sheboygan to Kansas City, nine and a half hours, and we were on the phone nearly the entire time, calling everybody that's been praying for us for years and telling them the good news. And we actually literally had to stop and get ibuprofen because our, our faces hurt from smiling so much. <laughs> and everybody we call is jumping for joy. You can hear tears over the phone and all this. And God's getting glory. Every day. Praise God. You keep hearing that. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. God got the glory because so many people were involved. So many people were together in on this. And they got it. If we don't share that, if we're not vulnerable with each other, if we just come and sit together and leave and don't become part of a family, God doesn't get anything out of that. And neither do you. Right? We need to be together in on this, okay? That's my challenge to you today. Don't let your weaknesses be magnified. Let them be something that's small compared to the body of Christ. Don't let your celebrations go unnoticed. Make sure that God gets glorified in that. We're together. We are one body. You can't walk away. If you're a person who's been hearing this whole thing is going, yeah, that's good for social people. I'm not a social person. Nope. You're part of the body. It wasn't optional for some of us and not for the rest of us, okay? Uh, as we're closing today, guys, there's a few things I want to challenge you with. Um, one is... Uh, some of you might feel like, well, I don't have much to give, and let me just challenge you to be creative with that, or I don't have a great way to spend time with people, or I don't have this great group to be a part of. Let me challenge you, when you leave today, be creative with it, and uh, there's so many different things you could do. I remember when my first, uh, Jamie and I's first IVF was a total failure, we got nothing out of it. Um, it was a heartbreaking time for us, and my sister, who lived in Idaho, she couldn't come and hug us. But what she did instead is every single morning before we'd even wake up, she would send a five to ten minute voicemail prayer for months. And I woke up every day and I would listen to that prayer. Man, it helped me go on. And she couldn't be there to do that, but she was creative with how she gave. Um, I know that some of you, you have friends who have kids. Maybe you can just watch their kids for the night and be a blessing to them that way. Or maybe... You're a retired person. You're like, I don't have uh, a lot of friends that I work with anymore. Well, maybe you can have a breakfast group of retired people. I don't know. Whatever it is, there's ways that you guys can be together. Be creative with it. Um, enjoy each other. Be, be getting all the benefits of being part of the family and be giving those benefits to others. That's my challenge. It's not just this morning, but do that 
throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the year. Be with each other. Enjoy each other. Uh, let's be strong together. Uh, God, thank you for this morning. Thank you that we all get to lift each other up, that we have the gift of each other. Thank you that you didn't leave us alone, that our problems aren't as big as they seem because you're a big, huge God, and you can take care of us. And to be with our brothers and our sisters of the same body, we see that, and it's such a blessing, Lord. I pray you'd bind us together, that our love would be so evident to each other and to all who look in on it. You're a wonderful God. We pray that you'd be blessed by who we are as a family. And Lord, as we go through our weeks, I pray you just watch over each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.